Weston does now to get his water in, which he's always thirsty because he's diabetic. He literally gets a full like water bottle and he starts drinking it, drinks like, I don't know, three big gulps. And then he starts squeezing it and just crushes it all the way down. Yeah. And he's like, how fast was that? 30 seconds done. Full good, bottle of water. I was like, fraternity. like, that's perfect. I love that you do this. <laughs> I am on board with you challenging yourself on water consumption. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teach people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money, and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us, and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Welcome back <laughs> to Sigmund Sense. We're going to pick up where we left off, right? I think so. And we left off where? So we ended with, when do you know it's time to make your first hire? What indicators? How do you hire your first person? Mm -hmm. How do you come up with their job duties? All of those things. And so now we're going to talk about hiring and interviewing tips because it is, it is no cakewalk. <laughs> it is no cakewalk. The pain it's is hard. real folks. Yes. It is very difficult. And I would say that the majority of us are really terrible interviewers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then most people come to an interview very nervous, mm -hmm. which makes it like a double disaster zone. And so, more often than not, we're hiring and making decisions off of information that's flawed anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And so it just leads us down some really expensive paths that end up not working and stress and just a lot of complications. And yeah. so it's huge, mm -hmm. huge to become good and to have some tricks in your pocket when it comes to interviewing. Mm -hmm. But I also think it starts with where do you find people to interview? And I think that makes a huge difference too. So I think we kind of just unpack all of that. Um, you know, starting with what are, you know, being really clear about what you're hiring for and what kind of personality matches that description. Um, being very clear and describing to them what the job entails. Um, making sure you're asking questions that are tailored to one, the job, but also uh, culture fit, right? We've talked about solid a lot for the Sigmund team. Mm -hmm. So what questions can we ask around um, the core values of the team mm -hmm. that will indicate that it's a good fit? Um, how much room for error do you leave knowing that people are nervous when they come to an interview? Um, and how do you, and also some tips on how do you make them less 
nervous and less uncomfortable. Um, oh, I like making you nervous. That's pretty funny. I hate it. I'm like, I, it I, ma- I, when people are nervous around me, it makes me feel nervous. I always respond to it. So I'm, I, we, we differ there, which I love, actually. Yeah. I don't like, I'm like, That's also I just, why we both interview separately. Yeah. I just want to chat because I think one thing, and I don't know, maybe in my younger days, <clears throat> it really felt like. I love that you finally admitted that you're old. I am just older than dirt. Like it is just a real thing. Like it's just real. Um, I felt very old on our vacation. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're old. <laughs> All right. So let's fair. get started. I think you had a great setup there. I think you had a great so setup. yeah. Um, but I was going to make a point and then you called me old. So now I have to come back oh, to that. You're, you're pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's good. It's not old and ugly. <laughs> right. So here, let's get started. So uh, in the last episode, we, we talked about kind of identifying when to hire. Mm-hmm. Right. So really, we, everyone's going to be conclusion that it's time to hire. A couple of things I'd like to point out. And you started alluding to a few things. And I want to explain the why piece. Um, you said that making mistakes can be expensive. Right. Uh, very expensive. And here's a couple of reasons why. Usually most people uh, hire way too late in the cycle. They hire when they absolutely need somebody or they've already passed the time when it would actually kind of leapfrog the next step, which means that you actually go backwards before you go forwards, Mm -hmm. right? Second uh, thing, depending on which book you read or what stat you read, they say it it costs almost a year's worth of salary to hire and fire somebody in the first 90 days uh, just because of the training, the cost loss, the other resources that have been sapped, the onboarding, all those things. Which so, also are super hard too, by the way. Right. So you hire somebody with all the best intentions in a rush and nine days later they realize or you realize it's not a good fit and it just mm-hmm. costs you the entire year's salary effectively, whether yeah. you paid it out or time lost, right? Yeah. Third thing that I think really people are, uh, where it gets really costly and frustrating for people is um, that they go through this interview process and they finally decide to make a job offer and then the person doesn't take the job. Oh, I so they go through that. three, four, five, six we interviews. Don't have that problem. Not very often, but we but it came <laughs> no. from why and I'll give you a solution to that piece for sure. I think it's it's really important. Uh, another big issue is people will hire in a vacuum. So another cost is you know, I, I believe in, I'm a, a optimist, right? You know right. that about me. So I'm a D personality and I see the best in everyone. I assume I can fix everybody because I'm a guy and that's just a stupid ego mm-hmm. thing, right? Um, and the point is, is that I can absolutely poison taint my culture. Uh, and you know, I could drive off some other really great people on the team, which is another cost, or even just put, put a ripple effect in the team that is negative mm-hmm. and that's cost costly as well. So there's lots of reasons why people, um, uh, have those issues and why people do say it's very costly to hire somebody, uh, incorrectly for sure. And we're trying to sidestep that. So what are the three or four things that can kind of lead that off the pass? Kind of beat that the punch. First thing is start uh, start the interviewing process early and often. Yeah, right? and this is something that um, I think you do really well. And also, I it's hard to navigate. Yep. It's hard to navigate because if you're interviewing for a job that you don't necessarily need right now, mm-hmm. how do you close it and how do you keep people around around? If you can't hire them for four or five or six months. So what we're saying here for number one is uh, you should always be interviewing. Um, Here's what I mean by that. So for most of my career, at least the last 10 years at least, I interview or have at least a conversation with somebody per week more often than I don't, whether I'm hiring or not. I'm always having those conversations. I'm always looking for uh, the next person. And 
uh, what Britt is saying is, well, Josh, how are you interviewing people that you don't have a place for? And she's correct in some ways. And But here's the here's what comes of interviewing often and all the time. First benefit of it is, is that a, a player always stands out. So there's always room to hire an A player. Uh, the truth of the matter is that diamond the rough is very much that. There's a lot of rough. There's very few diamonds. So you got to go, th- you know, polishing a lot of turds to find the one, <laughs> right? Um, but when you are behind the eight ball, you need to hire somebody. That's it's when now the beer or never. goggles kick in. Beer goggles kick in. You make bad decisions, and you don't recognize the turd for what it is, right? <laughs> so I'm finding that word incredibly hilarious today. <laughs> I don't know why. You like poo jokes? Is that, is that what this is about? Oh, my God. I've been with my boys for too long. Apparently, we right? <laughs> she likes talking about poo and turds, Cameron. <laughs> And just so, there's nothing funnier to 11 and 8-year-olds. Right. <laughs> Which you're regressing to, it sounds like. <laughs> you are who you hang with. You know that, right? Oh, my gosh. It's so true. It's <laughs> been a so, week with them. So, anyways, the, the idea is, you know, what I've told a lot of my students for years is you interview an hour a week every week, regardless of if you're interviewing, need somebody or not. You always spend the time. So, this week, if you don't have somebody scheduled, you spend an hour making outbound calls uh, to find somebody. If you do... Uh, make those up on calls, presumably next week you have an interview scheduled, right? So that's the first tic- tip and tactic is you're always interviewing always, right? Um, there's a, a approach to this and why it's really important because you might say, uh, well, I had a really bad experience. Here's another big complaint. We had a bad experience the last hire I had in this position. Um, and so, you know, it, it doesn't work. That's a common conversation. We, 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 dove into a little bit in the last call what doesn't work the position uh, itself, the position or? doesn't work or oh. i'm not a good boss or you know all employees are thieves okay right? and right, so like that, that just puts you back in the place of like i'm just right. not going to hire anyone right. i'll just do exactly it all myself right. yeah and so uh, one, one of the things here that you gotta remember is you can't apply like all people are not equal and you can't apply the discrepancies or the the bad behaviors yeah. of a previous employee against any future person um, and that's why it's really important to keep on interviewing because what you'll find is that there's a lot of freaking wonderful humans in the world. There's a lot oh, of great, yeah. uh, there's a perfect fit for that specific job you're looking for, right? The second thing that, or the third piece of this that you that you really wanted to bu- uh, bubble into and you kind of alluded to as well is making sure you know what you're looking for before you start, right? So it's very crystal clear job roles, responsibilities, metrics. What exactly am I looking for? What's the ideal personality? You know, what is, um, what is the... Not the age, but the experience level. Right. Um, age, you can't interview for. Experience, you certainly can. Um, so do you want somebody that's a rookie of the industry because they don't have bad habits and so you can teach them your way? Or do you need somebody that's a baller in the industry that already knows how to problem solve? It's not going to take a two or three year training cycle, right? Right. So the analogy here is uh, what I've uh, the story I've told for years about hunting with grandpa. And so if, if any of you guys have hunted with grandpa before, uh, maybe you've gone hunting with uh, or duck hunting. And if you've not been a duck hunter, um, then you this story will will resonate with you regardless because you can picture. Yep. Imagine sitting sun up, cold as crap, sitting in a in a in a blind with your grandpa, and grandpa's half blind, and you're e- eager beaver kid, and you're excited to see <laughs> that you know your first duck ever to shoot your first duck. And you see that duck coming from across the horizon flying towards you. And uh, you go to stand up to go shoot the duck, you know, pre-dawn hours. And granddad just taps you on the shoulders and said, hey, honey, you know, that's not the duck you're looking for. And you're thinking to yourself, you blind old man, how the hell do you know what (laughs) kind of duck I'm looking for? And uh, old man who has wisdom says, look, you see how that duck is kind of bobby and weaving? We're looking for ducks that go in a straight straight line. You see how uh, that duck has like the the, uh, wings are going really high, really low. 
we're looking for the ducks that just kind of flitter there. You can't, it almost doesn't look like their wings are moving. They're going so fast. And, um, the analogy there for hiring is once you know what you're looking for, you can see them from see a mile from away. A mile away. That's so and true. that is, that is all comes from interviewing a lot. Mm-hmm. If you interview one or two people and that's all you've ever interviewed, what Bryn said is spot on. You will suck as an interviewer. You yeah. don't know what to ask. You don't know what to look for. However, if you interview a ton of people and you ask similar questions every time and you see the different responses to the same question, you start to read between the lines of who's a bullshitter and who's a real deal. You get to know who's genuine, who's putting on their best face. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody uh, is a EQ person and you know when somebody's just an IQ person and I'll take the EQ person over IQ person all day long. All day. uh, You know, uh, which people are interested in the. Uh, career versus which one needs a job. Just need a job. Don't a paycheck, care what it is. Right? Yeah. So all those disparities you can identify with reps, right? Mm-hmm. Once you've done it enough times, you know what to do, what to say, what to, where to where to be, what to experience, and you recognize it in the people you're interviewing as well, right? Totally. So uh, I want to take step one of the interview because you know we we know when to interview. This is kind of the the playbook of how often to do it. Uh, the only thing that's missing here, I guess, before we move on is where do you interview, like, where do you get names? <laughs> right. Right. So we should yes. talk about that for a second too, because yeah. we, have, we do it very differently than most people. So, uh, yeah. what do you think the co- most common way that people, uh, find an employer or employers find employees? What do I think the most common is, most common. um, online on inter- right. you know, on indeed or wherever you know monster.com if that's even a thing i mean i don't even know because that's so far from what it's exactly what we don't do exactly what we don't do um gosh i just think that it's no different than a hot lead versus a cold lead um you have so much ground to pick up when you're hiring or interviewing off of indeed great place to get practice Mm -hmm. um but you have if you have no names you know a name is better than no names for sure um, I 100% LinkedIn, by the way. LinkedIn. Yeah. Another great one. Um, LinkedIn people have jobs though. So for the most part, so, you know, there's a lot of you're, you're competing or trying to recruit somebody. So that is a, I think a different animal a little bit. Um, so for us, I mean, it's just referral base. I mean, just like anything else, I love to post on social media that we're looking for people. Um, I like to keep the the bench ready with interviews. So I kind of have, you know, the places that I frequent that people are just, you know, they stand out to me, whether it's a waiter or a waiter or a uh, waitress or a waiter, um, or just someone that's really great at their job. Those are great to pull from when we go to look for someone. Yep. Um, and then asking our current teammates, Hey, who do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we always say it's so cool because our team is literally a domino effect of, one or two people and introduced every other person introduced every other person which then in turn makes for a pretty tight-knit group of people because there's some connection on every level Mm. um so you know like you said i think if you don't have any names and you don't know what to do for sure go to the internet um but if you can start asking the people around you for sure because they know who you are they know what your business is like um and ask those internally too yep Think also, uh, you know, obviously you can pay for recruiters, uh, which we've had, we've done before, and with yeah. mi- with mixed uh, mixed result. results. Yeah, I would say that. Um, in theory, th- though, you're paying for the recruiter to do a lot of the vetting. So if you're a busy person that doesn't have the time to do it, and or maybe you're a sole proprietor, and this would be at least somebody else interviewing before it gets to you, that's a more experienced professional. 
Um, that's not a bad idea. Uh, but what I find more, most effective is putting a bounty on a hire through your internal team, company, or yes. friends. Yes. So, you know, I've got a, a lady that works for me out of New Braunfels. Her name is Jen. And uh, she's having a hell of a time trying to find another employee. And she's growing like crazy. And mm-hmm. she definitely needs another employee like tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, have you talked to all of your friends, family, referring partners, and business partners? And mm-hmm. she said, of course. And I said, cool. Did you tell all of them that you give them a thousand bucks if they, if they will f- send somebody over to you? That you hire and that, that stays on for at least <laughs> at least ninety days actually. Ninety days. Um, but but if, guys, I, I don't want you to miss that. You know, so many of you might spend money on the ad, the pay per click, uh, the mm-hmm. the upgrading to the platinum LinkedIn, the paying for a recruiter, the all those sites, and going through multiple names with very low results or bad results. Or everyone has had that experience that's done the internet thing of they've gotten 50 different resumes and you look at them like who the hell are these people like these are who are these, these are not professional people how they right, get my name right right um you know you boil that down to two or three so think about how much time and money you're spending on well just that's what i was gonna say and that's the where better I think, lead yeah that's where i struggle with interviewing um and especially when we've gotten people offline or with the recruiter mm-hmm. I feel like man this is just not vetted enough right. and it takes a lot of time like it takes a lot of time to interview a lot of people and yeah. to do it well. Like I don't want to, wa- I don't want to waste anyone's time. So I need to be fully prepared right. when I go into interview, which takes time. Then I got to conduct the interview. Then I got to send my follow up notes. I mean, it's just nothing to mess around with, in my opinion. And that was, I think, that's my biggest dislike. Yep. Is that I feel like we're just, you know, we've gotten into places where it's like, oh my gosh, another freaking interview, and it's like, why, like what's why did this person because land on my desk because of the one the one that makes it all worthwhile right i understand that yeah, i understand that, that but it's just it's the same thing it's, as, it's, it's the con- same thing it, people are going to argue why they don't do it in the first place right it? it does take a lot of time it does take a lot of time but it's just arguing the point of why referral based mm-hmm. like it has a higher conversion yep. i guess just like a lead just like a warm lead yep. you know it's just higher conversion yeah so let's just assume that you finally get here and you have a name and uh, this is where I think a lot of people miss. And I'll tell you what my my first interview looks like. And I think that it saved my team a whole lot of time, energy, and effort. Uh, because most of the time, this goes back to solving the problem of, hey, you found somebody you really like and they choose somebody else, right? So we, we, we were young and making mistakes in interviews all the time as well. And I had noticed over a period of a couple of years that we had lost a couple of great people that we thought would be great fits. They ended up coming down to us, somebody else, and went with somebody else. And... Um, so the way I fix that is with this step. So what I do, I think that, that people make the mistake of what the purpose of the first interview is. But what we have to remember is people are interviewing you just like you're interviewing them. And That's what I was going to say with my old age. Good. That's what I was going to well, say. Good. You covered it. In my, young, like in my younger days, I felt like it was all the employer like sitting there with all the power and judging Now it's me. the employee. And now it's both. I mean, I don't know if that comes with age or if times have changed, but... There, you know, I, it's there like there is a scarcity of able, willing is a better answer, willing people that want to work. Yeah, they'd rather sit home and take a damn check from the government. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you probably aren't because you right. only <laughs> self-help people listen to these types of things. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that uh, there are there's a bigger need for employees than there is uh, employees willing to take a job. Right. Yeah. So I do think it's gone the other direction. Uh, it also has to do with demographics of the retiring versus the new to the workplace. Mm-hmm. The, the, the truth is, is that uh, uh, somewhat educated, articulate, uh, uh, active, you know, 
contributing members of society are diminishing compared to the, the opposite, oh, right? <laughs> it is a bummer. So if they've got options, then here's the point. The my only purpose, not my only, my primary purpose of the mm-hmm. first interview is to set the hook. Set the hook. That's it. I wanted to be I want th- I want them to leave the interview so excited about this job and us that they stop interviewing other people like it they want this job this is the one right. they're fighting for or would be willing to wait or be willing to wait which, which, uh, which solves the second problem right yeah uh, if i'm interviewing right now i don't have a spot but i really like you and you really like me then the promise is i'll bring you on whether it's in two months or four months mm-hmm. but the second i've had a uh, offer or an option then you're my first call don't tell me to stop looking if you're not serious yeah. i won't look if you won't look right like we're committed to each other so how do you set the hook is really, really important. And this goes back to, you know, if you go back multiple episodes, we talk about vision and, and direction and plans and mission statements and core values and all those things. Yeah. Uh, and I would add in one extra piece of this too. I think it's uh, what, is the, what is your company or what are, or is your team doing for the community is really, really mm, important right especially now. Especially for the younger. Yeah, it's really important to younger, young, the, the younger generations. It's not just about the almighty dollar. It's, right. you know, I want to have uh, the ability to work from home. I want to have the ability to travel. I want to have, uh, I want to, yes, I want to save, but I want to make sure that this isn't a greedy corporation I'm working for. They yeah. give a crap about this, the future and society and so the community. So true. It's so true. So all those things are real conversations that, if you just are strategic about it, you can kind of encompass all that in the first 15 or 20 minutes to make somebody feel like they found the promised land, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of give a high level bullet point of my first conversation because certainly there's other elements and multiple uh, interview moments and different people to interview. But for me personally, what the only purpose of that, it's usually a 30 minute interview. I said an hour, it's usually 30 to 45 minutes is all it is is yes, I'll do Ford first, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. I want to find something to connect with or triangle for trust, which is most of the people that are interviewing were referred by somebody else in the team. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll triangle for trust and talk about how they, shit, Carrie is, is related to you, right? <laughs> I mean, so our last hire was literally related to Bryn. And so uh, it was triangle for trust was really easy. And right. she was a past client of ours. <laughs> right. So I was like, well, you know how we do things. You didn't run away from that. So I guess you like the way we do business. And she's like, yeah, I really like it. And I was like, and I guess you trust Bryn since you're related to her. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's my sister-in-law. She's, she's, she's like, in fact, I'm really surprised that she hired me or she wants me to be hired because I was a bitch to her when I first met her. Um, Fact. Fact, right? But I love that she was, Fact. I mean, that's triangle for trust. We, 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 we crossed a couple years of life experiences in a couple minutes of conversation, yeah. right? But if you don't know somebody, you still have to connect like any salesperson would, which a selling a potential employee on you or your company is a sales job. So don't yeah. miss that. Um, so family, occupation, recreation, dreams first. So personalize before you professionalize. But then from there, for me, I want to cut to the chase, right? Yeah. Like, I want to know, is this person just kicking, you know, kicking the can? Uh, are they doing an interview? Because if they don't do an interview, then they're going to, they, then they don't get their check from the government. <laughs> like, so are they checking that box? It's the truth, <laughs> so right? Come in and ask you to sign this. Right. Sign, sign this that I came and did. Right. I mean, that's real stuff that happens out there. So what I do is I, I always like everybody, right? So I, my first thing I say is when I get to this moment, like, Brent, I really like you. I'm a gut person. I think, like, you've passed my test. Do you say like, that if you don't like him? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you it makes people feel good start there right the truth of the matter is is like have i it's really funny have i not liked somebody in an interview probably not <sighs> probably not i'm Josh an comes back from every interview i love him <laughs> i found the next person yeah we're like 
I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. But that's why there's a process to this. I actually don't think I've ever truly disliked. There's some people that have been like, that person's an odd duck, but I've not disliked anyone. Like, yeah. I, I give the I get doubt. that though. I mean, right. I I'm, I tend to be more like you than than not. Right. So it's you're like. You're not the skeptic first. You're the. You're, I am. I'm like, and I can like find beauty in any conversation, right? Okay. Like unless that's someone's right. super freaking weird. Right. <clears throat> but I really, because I know that you're that way. <laughs> I try to balance it out by being a little more critical um, or being more, being more skilled in my interviewing skills. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So my point is, is that I I tell them flat out, I like you. My gut says you're the right person. You know, is it okay if I tell you about who I am, where we are, where we're going, what I see for you and what's your piece in this? I want to say that again, so everyone pays attention. You need to explain where you were, where you are, where you're going, why, because it shows that you're a man or woman with a plan. Yeah. Like, this is my path. This is what's where I've gotten so far. This is where we're going, right? Uh, why? Because people typically are more excited about being with a team or a company that's going places. They don't want right. to be interviewing next year because the company's out of business, right? Right. The second piece of the puzzle is, and what's in it for you? So this is where I see you. This is what the job roles, responsibilities, job duties are, and this is what you, what 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 was in it for you, right? For example, we do team trips and team bonuses. When our team succeeds, everyone wins. So that's not normal. That's separate of you know basic comp. You know most people think hourly wage and sa- hourly wage and salary and benefits. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about things that other companies aren't talking about. Like right. uh, um, you know most sales companies have great sales trips. They don't take great care of the sales teams. Yeah. So I believe in taking great care of the teams, not the not the, just the salesperson, right? So um, I, t- I, I and this is a very high energy, mm-hmm. uh, in your face, passionate, you know, point out the failures I've made in the past, be really, be, you know, be real, share pain. But my story, everything from, you know, if you've listened to the first podcast, you know, the fact that I, you know, basically came out of college with too much student debt and not a pot to piss in and couldn't get a job to owner of, you know, part owner of multiple companies and pretty darn well off. And yeah. I work because I love it. And I, and I'm, one of the people that's there all week long and no one can right. say that, that they work harder than me. They might work more hours sometimes, but I'm in it to win it, right? right? So, um, and I don't think that all bosses are like that. So I'm trying to give them a glimpse into who I am and where we're going and what's in it for you because this is all about setting the hook. Mm-hmm. It's also high level, not detail oriented with the exception of the job, job duties and metrics with that one exception because um, I think that uh, if you detail uh, most people to death, then they have more to think about. If they, if you don't give enough detail, then they just get excited about the idea, right? So I can literally say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I just rambled off for 10 minutes, Brent, out of curiosity, is this even interesting to you? Or is this excites you or no? Like if, if it's not, it's okay, but is this exciting? And that's where you really get to look somebody in the eye. And most of the time they look back, right? Like, yeah, this sounds great, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I'm more interested. And so that's where you lay out for me that's where you lay out the interview process and the process for us is as simple as saying look the next couple of steps are there's multiple interviews you've passed my test i want you yeah. right but uh let me tell you about how you get hired and fired we hire and fire in core values and this is what our core values are and this is why it's really important to us and uh, so you have to be interviewed by my managers and by my teammates mm-hmm. and if any of them say no you're out the cool thing about that is, is that we choose our own. So once you're in, you get, you get to have a yeah. choice in every future employee that we have at our, at our, at our company. Yeah. And that's not normal. So 
the first step is this, second step is well, this. Well, and I just want to point out too how ass backwards that sounds. Uh-huh. Most of the time it's manager, 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 manager. Okay, boss. now you're going to meet like the big boss, yep. <laughs> which is completely opposite. Yeah, I, I think that, um, I and, and I'll be honest, that as a result of that change, because I, I, if you remember, I didn't always do the first meeting. Right. Uh, but when I when I started doing the first meeting and setting the hook, we have more uh, options to make an offer. Yeah, totally. That are accepted than the alternative, mm-hmm. right? And so that so the process then becomes. And I'm gonna turn it over to Bryn for the details of the second and third interviews and why they're really important. We the next step is always uh, disc testing. Like they have to do a disc test so we know who we're dealing with as far as personalities go. Um, there's going to be an interview with the manager that's in charge of whatever division they're in, whether this is sales, marketing, or operations. Uh, there's going to be a skills test if uh, necessary. So, for example, if we're looking for young, hungry, young as in young in the career, uh, not young as in age, but young and excited uh, about a new career path, then you don't need to take a skills test other than, in my opinion, a writing skills test. So what mm-hmm. that looks like is, you send them a, you or somebody on your team sends them an email uh, uh, question that they have to respond back to in paragraph form to check grammar, pronunciation, uh, um, uh, punctuation, not pronunciation, punctuation, right. just basic email etiquette because that's such a big part of communication these days. Um, and then the final thing for us is a team interview. So if you get past me, past my managers, past the disc test, past the skills test, then the last test is always an interview with the team. Now, one thing people don't realize, this is gonna, this will be published. Okay, we're good, because right now somebody thinks that they have a job that doesn't have a job yet, oh. right? So <laughs> I'm saying this out loud that we, we tell them that you have the job before the last interview. And the reason why we do that is we wanna do a team lunch. And the team lunch is, uh, I want you to meet your new, the people you're gonna work with. Right. And in the past, not a, you know most of the time, we did a good enough job up front, we're okay. But some of the times yeah, the team has come back time. from like, what the hell moments? Like this dude just told me how he's dealing drugs in the background. Or this dude just <laughs> told me that he like, he wants to have your job in a week or like this dude just was a yeah. narcissist maniac. Like I yeah. can't, he's, he never said anything other than I, I, I for the entire time. Right. Um, and so what's interesting is when somebody is told they have the job, they'll let their hair down. And yeah. you either like what that looks like when they're not on the spot of an interview, when everyone's putting their, their lipstick on. They're acting out yeah. who they really are. And so that's a way to get that last Well, and catch. I think the biggest problem with interviews is it's exactly that. Everyone's on their best behavior and they've studied and they've done all this. And then you they get into the real workplace and none, none, none of, of that follows yeah. them or whatever. So it's just yeah. a and great... And most interviewers are asking the same stupid questions yeah. that are leading the witness and telling the witness right. what they want to be told because that's a check the box because they weren't... So yeah. anyways... Go into the second interview and like what, what are some of the big pieces that you're looking for when you're asking better questions and what questions are around? Okay. So the first thing I always ask, well, okay, let's start, let's start this way. So Josh and I disagree that he likes to intimidate people. I like to make them feel super, super comfortable. Like if people are nervous around me, it makes me feel nervous. And that's like the last thing we need. We don't nervous around me. I laugh. (laughs) 
It makes me happy. <laughs> I do not like that. I'm like, I am, I am no one to be nervous around. Like, so I think a lot of that, if you're, if, if you're more like me, then the way that you sit, the where and where you sit inside of your office or where you interview people is important. Um, so think about, you know, if, if you want people to be more comfortable, like explain to them that you're going to, going to jot down a few pieces of notes. I always tell people that I have not read their resume. Um, the only thing I have is their disc profile. Um, but I have their, I have their resume. So that way we can have some talking points, you know, tell me about this job or whatever, but I don't want to pre-read it because it's not my job to explain it. I don't, or to, to I also think it. that you get a, uh, a lot of people will not meet with somebody that, so a resume, one thing you, you always hear is that job hoppers are bad people, right? Right. So somebody that has six jobs in two years might not even get the first interview right. because you're a job hopper. Right. Where the reality might be that that person has just not found the right job. Or yeah. maybe they had a shitty boss. Or maybe they were in the right seat of the bus. Or or maybe they were in the military family and were moving. Absolutely. I was going to say, right? maybe they're, you know. And so I love to hear those stories because yep. you are and able not to. prejudice the, the conversation. 100%. 100%. Um, so I do, those are kind of, you know, I, I make sure that if I can, I try to sit on the same side of the desk as them. Um, and I try to make sure that I'm sitting casually and make sure that, you know, and I tell them like, Hey, I, you know, I try to break the ice by, you know, obviously being kind and, and friendly, but also telling them like, Hey, I don't want you to be nervous. Like mm -hmm. this is just think of this as just a conversation because we just have to figure out if we're a good match or not. That's it. So I just try to like ease the tension a little bit mm -hmm. that way. I feel like I can get better answers from them if I'm a little more chill. Um, the second thing I go into is tell me what you think that you are applying for. Like what kind of job do you think you're looking out for? Um, and this is interesting because what this does is vet out the people that don't care at all what the job is. They just need a job versus the people that this is the reason I'm back. Whether it's job specific or not, because a non-veteran is not going to be super clear about what processing a mortgage looks like. So they're probably going to say things that they're, they're, they're not really sure about the, the details of it. But what I liked was the plan, the direction, the ability to grow, all of those things. Um, a more seasoned person will give more specifics about, you know, I really think that I'm the best person for this job because this is, this is right in line with what I do best. You know, I, I, I'm really good at clearing conditions. I'm really organized. I love checklists or whatever. Um, and so finding out how aligned we are and what I'm working with by asking, what do you think you're applying for is a great starting point. Um, then I go into like, let's talk through some of the, your experiences on your resume. Um, usually I ask which one was your favorite. If you had to pick one of these jobs, which one was your favorite and why, um, did you have a boss? Were you the boss? Um, was the reason you liked this job because of the boss or was it because of the position itself? And then tell me why, what qualities did the boss have? What did the job entail? Like what would, what did your day to day look like? Um, I really, really have, I, I stick to 
at all costs, open-ended questions so that they can really elaborate and get them, the more they talk, the more comfortable they'll be. And all the open-ended question is no yes or no conversations. Right. So tell me about, tell me about your last job. Tell me about your last boss. And how did that go over? Is that something you responded well to, or could that have been, you know, a reason why you're no longer there? Um, what do you think was the, the, the biggest issue? The next thing I do is tell me about a time, like what are you most proud of and accomplishing in your life? That's a fantastic question. And then, um, and those are more behavioral based questions. The other one that I love, and this is super random, super random. I learned this off of a podcast years ago, but throwing out a super random question, like what are you going to have for breakfast tomorrow morning? (laughs) <laughs> the reason that this is what this question answers is, is this person willing to say, I have no idea. It's not tomorrow morning yet. Or are they going to like try to make something up? Or do they really know what they're going to have tomorrow morning? And this is the best, this is the best story I have in relation to this question. So we had a fantastic hire that I asked this question to. It was the first person I ever asked this question to. And she Ooh. said, Kim, okay. she said, I'm going to have this many ounces of this, this many ounces of this, and this many ounces of this. And I was like, well, hot damn, you like really know what you're having for breakfast. She goes, yeah, I've just lost, or I've, I've been on a, on a journey to lose weight and I've lost 150 pounds and kept it off for two years. And that right there, like, is that not an indicator of someone that you want? Yeah. Uh, right. So, so the, uh, the willingness to say that they don't know shows that they are willing to ask for help or admit when they don't know all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who may cover that up may not be as willing to, you know, um, ask for help when they need it. And someone who <laughs> knows down to the ounce what they're having opens up room for more conversation to learn more about them OCD. <laughs> OCD um which hey for certain for certain positions is a great trait um so so we talk so so behavioral based questions is kind of the next thing and then um I'm trying to think what I do after that um really probably just kind of set up what the next steps are um usually by that point I've got a pretty strong vibe of whether the person's going to work or not yep. um if I have a question mark, then I definitely ask for somebody else um, to interview them. And I very much make it clear that like, hey, I just need another set of eyes because I couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, I'm questioning it and I'm not trusting my gut one way or the other. Um, but, typic- but typically my gut will yeah. lean one way or the other. Yeah, so a few other things, that was, that's awesome. And uh, so you can see how if you have some better questions that are asked that you can catch a couple of the traps that people fall into um like going back to the put your best you know shoe forward and put your best makeup on before your interview you know there's some questions you can't fake right right like and I, if love you that, I love that question yeah and the more th- um, and here's the other thing too like the more that they start talking yep the longer they talk, the more real they'll get. Yep. And the, the less that they can make up. Right. Yep. And you're going to start seeing all of that shine through yep. in their communication. And the worst thing, the worst thing is, and what I see most often, is that the interview 
E, per, no, the interviewer does all the talking. Yep. All the talking. Yep. And then says, I don't think they're a good fit or they're perfect. Okay, based on what? Yep. Based on what? Based that on they liked agree, what you said? Yeah, agree yeah. with what you said. <laughs> that they liked what you said? Yep. Um, and so that is huge. Oh, my gosh. And let me tell you. like Ten questions to every one. To one yes. One and sometimes yep. it's hard because, again, we have to remember these people are nervous yep. more than likely. So their answers might be short. Yep. And that's going to pull it out. You got to pull it out. So the questions I like to ask and I think are super important are all behavioral based based questions. Right. So uh, one of my favorite ones is what's your morning routine? Like it, you can tell when somebody is full of shit and you can tell when somebody's like, I do this every single day. Like yeah. my answer is at this point, everyone knows it's the same shit every single day. It's like, it's repeat, <laughs> right? Um, yes. But people that have morning routines typically ha are, 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 are better yeah. employees mm -hmm. or are more successful people long-term because they have an actual routine uh, and they're sticking to it, right? Um, especially if you have a job that requires uh, or is going to be more successful when people follow the protocol or follow the... Um, you know, uh, timeframes, routines help kind of satisfy that piece. You know, when you think about core values uh, as not being wor words on walls, then you should develop a behavioral question around each core value, right? So one of the ones that I'll ask when I get deep into something when I'm really trying to decide if I like somebody, say, what's the biggest mistake you, uh, you made? And that's a pretty common question, which is a variance of, you know, uh, what's your biggest strength? What's your biggest weakness? Mm -hmm. But I want to know, like, specifically, like, what's the biggest mistake you made? And then once they tell you whatever it is, what do you do with it? Right. Right. So, and I think that's challenging. There's, there's too. moments of honesty that there people are. that people have said before. That's like, wow, this guy literally owned this mistake. Yeah. And uh, what am I looking for? For one of our core values is learn and grow. Right. Yeah. Like I don't care if people make mistakes. I I care that they don't blame. I care that they own the mistake and they don't do it again. So, for example, for us. Uh, in lending, surveys are not a responsibility. No, they're not a uh, requirement for the lender to take care of, right? Like there has to be a survey, but it's usually on the title company or on the realtor to provide or order. However, lenders can't do loan docs without a survey. Mm -hmm. I remember back 15 years ago, no, it was 11 years ago because you're on the team at this point. 11 years ago, we missed three closings, which we promised to do right. because there was no survey. And so... Uh, it wasn't my fault, but it was our problem. It was our responsibility to fix. So we yeah. just added a survey to checklist. And as far as I know, in the last decade, we haven't missed a closing. I mean, I haven't heard. Because of a survey. Right. In 10 years, right? So <clears throat> I love it when people know a, a real failure, a real mistake. But I, the follow-up question is, well, what do you do about it, right? Because that's proof of learn and grow. Yeah, so totally. So what I'm looking for is behavior-based questions around your core values to really identify as opposed to uh, what's really important to our team is learning and growing. So give me an example of something you did in your last <laughs> job that shows that you have that, that you embody learn and grow. Yeah. Like that's or the, how do you feel bullshit. about learning and growing? You're right. It's <laughs> like, that's, that, that's what we call leading the witness. Right. And that is the one of the, you know, I probably did that early on in my career. Oh, with, for sure. You know, it's, it's like one of the most basic mistakes that people make is, yeah. okay, I, I know I need to work with somebody with integrity. So, uh, we really value people <laughs> of high integrity here. Right. So tell me of, of any time that you've uh, lied or stolen from any of your employees. Uh, I never did that. Oh, perfect. You have a great perfect, integrity. Great right? integrity. <laughs> like it's weird shit that people will say when they rewind the tape and think about what they just did. Right. Yes. So those are super important uh, up front is the behavior based, based questions. So this is about not winging it also. Yes. Um, taking time before an interview to identify 
a few things. So one thing that we did after miserable mistakes for a decade so probably many. was we actually created a checklist. Like yes. here's some examples. We would hire people. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that we do on our team is we rotate on call for right. the weekend, right? <laughs> So it'd be really great for somebody inter- interviewing for a nine to five Monday through Friday job <laughs> to, to know, know that to know. <laughs> every eight weeks you're going to be on call on the weekend, we right? We totally would leave that so out. So we leave like, that out and surprise. Oh, shit, surprise. oh, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, but that uh, benefits, yeah. uh, pay times, uh, pay periods, yeah. uh, vacation, uh, team bonuses, uh, expectations, metrics, core values, next steps, disc tests. Uh, how soon can you start? Can you do start? you have any vacations planned? Do you have a two week warning? Um, do you have to move? Right. Like, uh, do you have any vacations currently planned right now that we should know about? Mm-hmm. So that's all in a checklist right now. And what we do, and I would encourage everyone else to create if you have at least one other person interviewing, because yeah. it shouldn't be you in a vacuum. It's like, by the way, if you're a, a sole proprietor, find somebody that's a successful owner that has a team. Ask them to be a second interview. We do that for our realtor partners oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. So don't all just say, well, I don't have anyone. We'll find somebody. They'll, yeah. A business partner will help you do it. For sure. But all that to be said, the checklist is to make sure that all of the dialogues that you thought are important or that were mistakes in the past are cataloged, created, and every check the box is done before somebody starts. Why? Because it costs you an entire year's salary when you oh make the bad, bad, bad hire, the bad mistake, the missed one question. Um, or you find yourself in situations where you have to make concessions because, well, I didn't tell them about on call. So can I really make them do right, on call? That's right. And then you start to get into really weird situations. That's right. So, um, compensation. That's, that's compensation. by the way, <laughs> you talked about the salary, didn't you? No, oh, nope. shit. Okay, I didn't so call nobody, <laughs> right. nobody right. knows. But, nobody uh, knows. But in that vein, by the way, uh, here's something I, I think is really, I know we're running out of time. So one of the last things to talk about in this, in this episode is um, why do employees take jobs? And in the absence of other, other value adds, in the absence of a culture, in the absence of community, in the absence of charitable giving, in the absence of a relationship with a boss in the absence of um, flexibility of the workday when you're a family person. Mm-hmm. Um, in the absence of all those things, there's only one common denominator, and it is how much blood money are you going to pay me? That's it. So uh, what uh, most people do in interviews is they say, hey, well, how much did you make your last job? Which it turns out some people lie. Weird, Bryn. Um, <laughs> well, so some, some people ask really inappropriate questions. Josh. <laughs> so, so anyways... <laughs> Yes, we were. We, this is true. We'll tell you a story later. So anyways, um, you know, you, you find out somebody that uh, the last job or the current job they have, they're making $50,000, then of course they wouldn't leave unless I offered 55, 50, right. right? Or at least 50. Well, that's just not been the experience, right? And, and this is also really important as you hire more and more people. You can't just throw a random number out with every single person because God forbid you're paying somebody that's experienced Ooh. has been on the team for yeah. a while more and is more qualified and is doing a better job more than the new person oh, that is untested. Moly. Yeah. You can't rewind the clock. You can always promote, you can always give people right. raises. You can't go backwards easily. And so, you know, I think being honest about that of, Hey, listen, I, I know that you're a great manager in this industry, in this other industry, but you're going to learn a new language. Right. Like if you want to come over here, I, I love that you've got 10 years of experience in, in you know, the weightlifting world has zero bearing over here other than communication skills. So if you come over here, you're going to start at the bottom. You're going to starting salaries are a range of blank. Right. And before I go further, is that a deal killer or are all these other benefits 
uh, exciting enough that you know that you want to work into it. And um, with one mistake o- only, exception-wise, as far as like starting somebody uh, actively on the team high, and uh, and they had to catch up with their skill set, with only one exception. What I love about everyone else is that they started appropriately right. and they worked up and they're they're appropriately paid for their position right now as well, um, which I think is a, a matter of being head on about, look, this is the totally. expectations. Here's why this is important, guys. If you hire somebody and pay them more than they're worth, then you're going to be frustrated. If you hire somebody uh, and uh, um, they know that you're they're being overpaid, they're eventually going to get really scared about their job, right? That it Point. and both sides, it's not a healthy long-term thing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's identify what the need is and the follow-up question of what's your current salary is. Do you have a budget and what do you need to make to make this work? Mm. Right. Like I always ask that in my interviews. Now when I'm getting the money side, it's like, you know, do you have a working spouse? Like, are, are you going to be able to transition? Uh, do you expect to get um, any kind of recurring income from your last job or do you need to sign on yeah. bonus to make this work? Like what, where are we here? Yeah. Because I want to remove that, that stress. And the reason why this is important guys is the last thing you need is somebody on your team that is stressed out about money. Oh, cause that's going to be counterproductive as well. Yeah. So always err on the generous side if it, if it makes sense Yeah. so that people can be focused on the job, not on the dollar. That's good advice. I think too, when you get in that, um, desperation mode to hire somebody, Mm -hmm. um, you don't, if you're concerned about being competitive with what you can offer in salary, you kind of kick all that stuff down the road rather than addressing it head on. And you're willing to then, well, we've gone so far. So you do make poor decisions about how to pay them because well, we've already interviewed, they've already quit their job. We already have all these plans. We spent all this time. Well, now I just kind of have to roll with it, you know, and I really need someone and I can't make this last, which is right. But I think, um, you know, it's no different than meeting with a potential prospect yep. for the first time. Like asking the hard questions up front. Holy hell, like just be super direct. Um, you have nothing to lose at that point. Yep. You have nothing to lose. And I think it's the same thing with with new hires yep. or, or people that you're interviewing. You have nothing to lose. So tell them what the salary is going to be and what they can expect so you can Yep. Vet them out immediately. Yep. Immediately. Yep. And here's the last step. So now that they've gone through the interview process, one place that people drop balls and where we've made mistakes in the past two is clear expectations about like a actual offer letter, like clear mm-hmm. expectations about a start time, a start date. Uh, this is what you can expect. Yeah. So one of my buddies, Jason, Jason, I hope you're listening because it's one of our biggest mistakes as a company. So Jason, I am out of uh, the woodlands is somebody that we had an opportunity to land as a branch probably 12 years ago, right? Oh, wow. And um, and we went, I mean, we're talking, we, we, the dinners were done, the wives liked each other. <laughs> like, w- Jason and I are still, I mean, literally today he texted me, like, we're still best friends this day. And uh, and he never took the job. And Dan and I left, the, you know, the woodlands. They're like, man, we got like in the bag. And like, dude, it, was, it was quiet, it was quiet. We're following up like, hey, man, how you feeling? I feel great, quiet, quiet, quiet. Like a year later, we were frustrated. He was frustrated. We're like, what the hell, man? He's like, Dan, you never gave me a written job offer. <laughs> Oops. Ever. Like, I'm not, this is no shit. This actually happened. I believe and it. I believe it. It was like, wow, what a miss. And so, and in that period of time, work things out with the current company, still there 12 years later. Right. Right. So it's just one of those things where 
Like you, you, you close the deal. And so here's the, the, the point though, is the last one should be a celebration, right? Yeah. So you finally get that point. So many people celebrate the last day. The last day. Which is fucking weird. It's super weird. Uh, hey, congratulations. Unless they're retiring from all if, other if jobs. They're, <laughs> if they're retiring from the industry, that's <laughs> one thing. Or they're, all other jobs because uh, they're 65 or whatever retirement age is. <laughs> yeah, just, but you leaving to go to a different in, uh, company. We're not going to We're not celebrating. We're, we're not not having celebrate. a go away party. We're just not going to do it. So what we're, should you spend the time, energy and money? It's make the fucking arrival amazing. Amazing. Like, yeah. So you, you should be, um, do the job offer. It should be an exciting call. Uh, there should be follow-up drips every couple of days between then and the start yeah. date to make sure you keep out, keep people live on the hook. Cause what's going to happen when they tell their boss that they're going to leave the first oh, thing yeah, that happens is counter. the boss and a counter offer and sure. all that. So setting those expectations that, Hey Bryn, like you interview with me for a reason. I want you to remember that when your boss comes back and counter offers. Yeah. Like there's a reason why we got this far. And <clears> I want to ask you flat out, if your boss comes back and matches, I need to know that you're really coming forward because we're excited about you. I need to remember in that moment to be strong. Yeah. Like, are you, are you going to be okay or not? Well, and I think this goes back to, um, again, back to, you know, meeting with a prospect. The more action you can get people to take, the more likely they are to follow through with something. So, you know, in our business, people have to be, Credit checked, background check checked, drug tested, all of those things. Yep. And so get uh, those add things. In skills tested, add in distance, yeah. add in multiple. And those views. can be your drips, right? Like, yep. hey, the next step is we need to do this writing test. The next step is one thing I didn't mention and I think is huge for people if you're interviewing people that are veterans in a business, doing example based like interviewing techniques is great. So here's a file show me what the needs list is. Like, what would you ask from this yeah. or some side of some kind of skills test to prove that at least we're like meeting close. the, at least we're close. Cause the scariest part and what we found so often about hiring veterans is yes, they know how to do mortgages, but it turns out that there's 190,000 ways to do a mortgage <laughs> and yeah. every company's different. So yeah. yes, they may know how to do them, but it is nowhere close to how, we operate you know, like and that a, is that causes example might severe be frustration some processors at companies don't ever talk to a client right, ever. right. our processors talk to the client Correct. always right that Correct. expectation is important and so be you know and that it does it causes a ton of frustration both for the boss and the team and also the new hire because it's like well why why are you treating me like i don't know anything like i, I came with all this experience you praised that and now I'm doing everything wrong. Yep. Um, so example based stuff like, Hey, you know, if you, if this was your job, how would you put an event together? Yep. What, you know, if you had to market this person, tell me what you would do to market them. If you had to generate leads, tell me how you would generate leads, like have them I contribute to the conversation about yep. what they would do if they were had this position, yep. I think is huge. Um, but back to, getting them to take action on things that gets them more invested as well, because at some point you do feel like it's too late to turn around, yep. <laughs> which is what you want. Yep. And so I, I think it's so important. Um, what you just said there is spot on. And, um, it's so interesting how like I'm, I'm being cerebral right now because it's so obvious that that's the right way to do it. And it's weird that it requires so many Fireballs oh my mistakes gosh. before you actually figure it out and do it the right so way. Right? Many. So hopefully this is helping somebody avoid those landmines. But 
that l- last little stamp I was trying to get to at the celebration point is the first day. Yes, 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 yes. I love so this. So the first day, you know, you should be celebrated. Uh, there's a very minimum. Like, just think minimum standards. There needs to be an email that goes out to the company of, hey, welcome so-and-so to the company. Here's a small well, biography. Well, let's back up even further. Make sure they have somewhere to sit. Let's be yeah. clear. We have made this mistake before. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a desk, a <laughs> no phone, desk phone, or a, a computer first day. Make sure that Basics. somebody knows they're arriving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> passwords like let, let's passwords. just pay somebody for a week to not be able to do anything because they don't have a password for a login like we've done that before absolutely so yeah so the checklist that might be a different uh honestly different one, but it, it's the onboarding checklist <laughs> onboarding. Is, is super important because oh the experience remember the old boss is still fishing to try and keep them or have them come back the they're still questioning that was this a good decision was or not good, yeah the last thing you need, need to do is have it start on rocky behavior like uh, if the honeymoon year of a marriage is rocky, You're it's, it's, a, it's a pretty rough yeah. future, right? So we want to start off the right way. Uh, first impression, I believe in on my team at least. So there's company and team different things. But we do an email announcement to every new hire at the company. There's actually a spotlight within our monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. a spotlight of a new employee, like a biography kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, within our team, we have gifts. So I believe in books. So whether it's a yeah, leadership book books. or a sales book or energy bus or something like that, I, I give them a couple books. Um, if it's a girl, there's usually flowers on a desk for the first mm-hmm. day. Uh, if there's virtual employees, yep. um, which we've had to get familiar yep. with um, in the last couple of years, you know, something sent to their house, yep. cookies or flowers or yep. And whatever. also we, we've taken that a step further, like when we're really dialed in of celebrating the spouse, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting something to the spouse, say, hey, thanks so much for lending your wife to me for the next this is such a huge thing too i mean like dialing in and pulling in the spouse i mean we all know how much spousal influence there is um for good or bad Yep. (laughs) so getting them involved one of my best employees ever left because the wife hated me so let's yes you can think of them oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh isn't that irony yeah isn't that funny (laughs) um but yeah, so liter- literally, you know, it, it's important to involve the spouse, and that's why I involve spouses in trips and things like that. But yeah. uh, I know we're over time, so I'm going to let you guys go. Um, here's the final thought for me, and I'd love to hear your final thought. Um, the more times you interview, the more reps you get, the better you're going to be at it. Take a few, if you've never interviewed before, if you're a rookie or you're just not doing a great job, take a few of the bullet points today, and you're going to be better tomorrow. Um, create a checklist that you build off of. If you try and do all 50 things we talked about today in your next interview, you're going to feel kind of pulled in different ways. It won't work out. Mm-hmm. But if you can add to five things, I'm going to do that next one and everyone every other time and then five more over time and think through what matters most to you, you'll do a better job. At the end of the day, it's about cost uh, savings yeah. uh, from a standpoint of preventing a mishire. But it's also the next step to growing your business through leverage. So getting the right hire is as important as not hiring the wrong person. Yeah. So um, final thoughts for you? Final thoughts for me are be really clear about what you're hiring for. The ducks. Yes. Be super clear. That literally will reduce hours and hours and hours of stress and like make sure the beer goggles are so far off of your face Mm. that you can't find them. I love it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll see you next time on Sigmund Sense. Until then, we'd love to hear from you. So like and subscribe and share. And Absolutely. Uh, and if you have any comments or questions or something that you have that works really well that w- wasn't covered, I want to hear that too. So email us at sigmundsense at gmail.com. And other than that, we'll see you next time. Next time, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs>